In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your not host, Andy. What? No, you are the host. Oh, I'm your host, Andy. No, it's too late. I'm staging a coup. I'm the host now. And I'm your psychic life coach, Evan. So we have a nameless voice as the host, Andy as the not host, and Evan as the psychic life coach. God's our host. The nameless voice in this episode of Ending Pending will be played by Ron Palmieri. All right, there we go. So... Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows that have only lasted for a single season. We are currently covering the first four episodes of Kings from NBC circa what? Like fucking 2008? Uh, 2009. 2009, oh, yeah. Okay, that's like circa it's 2008. It's on the screen close. right in front of you. Oh, 2009. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, before we dig into that. Let's talk about some real-world political scandal. Russia nerve-gassing Great Britain's former special agents? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> I yeah. Like, I feel like I'm not up to date on stuff. So this is like oh, the, shit. This Did is you like miss the that? news. This is the news. Can yeah. you tell me? This yeah. is a current event. Russia nerve-gassed some people on in Great Britain. Former, uh, former like, spies. like, spies. On Great Britain soil. Yeah. What? World yeah. War Three. It's happening in real time. Yeah. We're reporting to you live from the future where it's World War Three. The revolution will be podcasted. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, I heard about Rex Tillerson and all, but I didn't hear about that. Yeah, oh, yeah. It, it's like Archer, but like horrifying. Yeah, and that's not fun at all. Mm-hmm. Nobody's doing... Well, probably somebody's doing cocaine, but it's not me. Yeah. So. Somebody <laughs> in the world is doing cocaine right now, it's and right I'm now, furious about it. At this very moment, someone's doing cocaine. <laughs> Yeah, the world's really weird right now. Yeah, um, it's scary. It's scary, and I and it's like, boy, I'd rather a different one. Like, right? Could we just like Terra Nova style dip into a different timeline and just like start over? If you figure that out, let us know. We need to go into also. The, the need, dinosaurs would be great. Yeah, I love dinosaurs. I mean, I prefer dinosaurs that could possibly eat me at any second to this current administration. Yeah. Okay. Now this, that we had a fun, a, jokey intro, yes. let's, it's a comedy show. Let's talk about Kings. Welcome Kings. to our nonpartisan podcast. <laughs> Evan, what uh, what happens in the first four episodes of Kings? Okay, well, to give you a general synopsis, the television show Kings is a modern AU fan fiction of like the Book of Kings in the Bible. No, what? No, it's not the Book of Kings. It's the books of First and Second Samuel. Okay, Kings is about other stuff okay <laughs> that's confusing this show should be called samuel <laughs> yeah well he's a character he is uh, what does happen it's been a long time a long time since i've read the bible i've read most of it but what does happen in the book of kings i'm just curious. the book of kings is like the end of david's administration and then like sam uh his son oh, solomon's okay. administration this is a prequel to the book of kings <laughs> yes this, yeah, this is a modern this is AU, first and second Samuel. This is a modern AU prequel mm-hmm. right. to the the Book of Kings in the Bible, which right. is actually like, well, it, it, as recounted in the Book of Samuel. It, it's picking up like halfway through First Samuel. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so it takes place in a fictional modern city with skyscrapers and whatnot, and uh, it has a fictional modern government where this uh, this fellow Silas, who's Saul in the Bible, uh, is in charge. He's just brought together warring nations. Uh, they've built a new capital city, and um, everything's everything's holding together okay. Okay, not not doing great, but it's it's a it's sort of a political drama, but set in a. A fictionalized uh, modern version of the Bible. Uh, so, in episode one, there's this world building. They set this up. They're dedicating the new capital city. The uh, King Silas gives a monologue, and the uh, and we're also introduced to David, who's a, a wholesome country boy. It cut to two years later, and there's still like disputes going on because like i said this is a relatively new nation that has just been formed uh and david is in the army david saves the king's son he faces down quote unquote goliath the tank and then he gets heckin famous and um becomes the royal family's like press guy like they're is he officially their press secretary yeah that's that's how he did yeah In the second episode, Silas and David are trying to, like, negotiate a peace treaty with this other country that they're at war with, and um, the king's brother-in-law, who's really got a lot of financial interest in keeping this war going, is, like, threatening uh, Silas and trying to persuade him to keep the war going, and uh, David's brother dies horribly in battle and David makes a grand gesture and convinces uh, the other country's army to uh, basically come to peace talks. In episode three, uh, the king's brother-in-law who lent him all of the country's money, uh, he's like, well, uh, you really screwed my financial interest ending this war and all that, so neener neener, I'm taking all your money. And, uh, the treasury briefly dries up until the king extorts the previous king who he's had secretly locked in prison for his secret stash of gold. So then in episode four, uh, David and Jack, the king's son, the one he saved from the hostage situation, uh, they go out on the town and Jack's really jealous of David because Jack is gay and his dad sort of I don't know if he resents him, but they they have some tension. And uh, David's like the golden boy around town since he's the hero and all, and he looks good in the media. So he's uh, he's getting close to him and trying to basically catch him in compromising situations so that he can screw him over. And um, then also, in the meantime... Silas, the king, is uh, his. He has a mistress and an illegitimate son, and his illegitimate son is really ill with something, and he's in the hospital. Uh, so Silas dips out of a really important political uh, outing to uh, to spend time with his illegitimate son, who's in the hospital, and it's risking a lot of political scandal. So yeah, that's a that's a rough outline of what's going on it's it's actually quite a complex show there's a lot of subtle things going on so it's kind of hard to like capture all of it in a synopsis um but we'll get a little deeper when we start talking about what we like and we don't like 
Yeah, this is definitely one of those shows that in the coming weeks we'll have to do a breakdown of who everyone is. Like, yeah. who who the king is, who David is, who Jack is. Like, really break it down individually at the start. Um, yeah, but, like I said, it is it is a political drama. So there's yeah. lots of... There's lots of intrigue going on. A lot there's of nuance. Lots of, yeah, there's yes. lots of uh, uh, of motives at play. So, Yeah. Very cool. So we've watched the first three slash kind of four episodes of uh, yeah, I of would Kings. say it, I would say it's four episodes. Yeah. One and two were mashed together for the premiere, like the same as with Terra Nova. But it's it's four, four episodes, basically. Yes, yes. So since we've watched these episodes... Let's go to Andy. Yeah. Is it working? Oh, oh, it is It is very much working. Uh, I suggested Kings for a reason, uh, and it's because I really like this show. And uh, when Ronnie and I were coming up with the idea for Ending Pending, Kings was one of the shows that, like, I really felt like deserved a spotlight on it. Um, as far as, like, what's working for me, uh, I love all the the biblical illusions and stuff. I think it's really clever how they've been able to like sneak certain things in the, the, the different characters, each of them feel really fleshed out and important and worthwhile. So Evan. Yes. Is it working? Yeah. Um, like Andy, I had also seen this show before and I was, I was definitely enthusiastic about watching it again for the podcast um, I'm not really into, um, political dramas much, but I am really into transformative works and to reinterpreting something into a different context. And that's, it's really difficult to do well and to, it takes a lot of skill to take something and recontextualize it and have it still make sense and, uh... I, I think the show works. I think it's it's really it's really fascinating. It's really nice to pick up on references to stuff, and it's also um, it is a genuinely transformative work. There there are elements that change, and there are elements that are not what you would expect from a show that's like based on the Bible. Hey, Ronnie. Yes, Evan. Is it working for you? It super duper is working. This. This is like, as far as like TV shows that like I've I've only seen the first couple episodes of, this is by far my favorite television show that I've only seen like a little bit of so far. Like like shows that I love, shows that I absolutely adore, like Parks and Rec, and Scrubs, and a lot of uh, dramas that I can't think of off the top of my head right now. They don't start off this good, and this has started off this good. I'm so sorry that Scrubs doesn't hold up. I know, I know. Yeah, it, it doesn't hold up. There's seasons, there's episodes. Uh, I like There's episodes that do, don't get me wrong. Sure, but. sure. I mean, Zach Braff's soundtracks help a little bit um, yeah. because I'm, you know, an angsty white dude. But um, but anyway, yes, yeah. this, what, what, Andy, what you were saying about this being like a political drama and Evan, what you were saying about this being like an adaptation of like a a very classic work those are both of my favorite things like my my favorite parts of game of thrones were um like daenerys holding court and like trying to like 
weigh out the options of being a leader and being a forceful leader versus being like a leader that the people will respect and stuff like that. And I just, an adaptation is everything to me. I love a good adaptation. Um, this is hitting the right beats in so many different ways for me. And hearing that you've both watched this and have not encouraged me to watch it immediately, I'm pretty mad at you guys. Like I watched this like years ago. No, no. I watched it this matter. before I even knew you. You should have said, hello, my name is Evan. And have you seen this show, Kings? Because you should watch <laughs> it right now. And I would have. And I would have. You know, it, our relationship would be stronger because of it. Um, well, hey, you're watching it now. I and now am. we get to talk about it in I, the context of our podcast that I, we have together. I am. And I'm excited to watch more. And uh, I, I assume you guys are excited. Uh, we'll start with Evan. Evan, what's working for you about these uh, these four episodes of Kings? Okay. Uh, well, I just want to say first off that uh, Ian McShane can carry anything mm-hmm. on his on his grizzled back through any any trials and tribulations. Which is not to say that it's otherwise a bad show. There's there's no trials and tribulations to be carrying this show to, through. But Ian McShane is a treasure. And he plays the moral ambiguity so super well. He's vaguely menacing at all times. Like, that's just sort of how his voice and face is. And yet I totally buy the, like, the, the caring father angle that he's got the this aspect to his personality i totally buy the um the genuine uh man of the people that he strives to portray himself as uh i totally buy that he's got the best interests of his people at heart and i also totally buy that he's very carefully manipulating how history sees him uh, so he's he's a super complex character, and Ian McShane is doing such a great job with with Silas and making him so interesting and so dynamic. So that's one of the strongest factors that the show has for sure. Um, the the plot. Um, First of all, I think it was the right choice to have it in a totally fictionalized country with a totally fictionalized flag and a totally fictionalized populace and totally fictionalized, um, like, political uh, strife. Uh, that way you don't have to worry about any of, like, modern... anything modern encroaching on the story you're trying to tell. You can, you can sort of, based on the source material, which is the Bible, you can sort of fabricate within this universe anything you need um so that was the right choice um and the the aesthetics are great it it feels very grand but it also feels modern um the all of the acting is great not just ian mcshane uh everyone is doing a great job i actually think if anything David, who's supposedly the main character, is is one of the weaker characters. He's a little bit bland. Uh, but by and large, uh, everyone else is doing an incredible job carrying their characters and conveying a lot of subtlety and all that. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's most of what I got. Very, very dynamic cast. Really excellent translation of the source material. Um, everything's going... Everything's going real well. 
Uh, I'm going to pass it off to Andy. Andy's turn. So this show is really important to me for a lot of reasons, and uh, a lot of it has to do with how they portray Jack and Jack's relationship to Silas. When at the end of episode two, Jack goes to Silas and says, hey, like I want more leadership, I want more responsibility, you're not giving me the credit I deserve, and Silas, you know, reveals that he knows Jack is gay, and that Jack can't be king if Jack is going to be who God made him. That really hit home with me. Um, I come from a family of pastors, and uh, was in school to become a pastor, and I got to meet Sebastian Stan at at Comic-Con, and I kind of, you know, told him about how Kings really affected me and this scene in particular where I really felt like Jack, where I couldn't be who I was destined to be. I couldn't be a pastor while still being true to who God made me. And Sebastian Stan came around his table, he gave me a hug, and he told me that the world needed more pastors like me and maybe the world needed uh, a queer pastor in it. And him telling me that really helped me through a lot. And he was actually the first person I had ever come out to, which is huge. Uh, but, um, you know, I did end up becoming a pastor. And um, I feel like I was a good pastor. And, um, you know, when I did come out, I, I did have to kind of leave that that life behind me. Um you know, I, I chose who God made me rather than a position. And I don't know if Jack is going to make that decision. I really hope he does. Uh, but, um, you know, King's really helped me wrestle with that. And I know it's a TV show, and I know it's kind of silly to say that, but King's was there at a really formative time in my life. And getting to meet one of the, the stars of the show and have him really encourage me and you know, take time to talk to me about my life and stuff was cool. And King's, whether we decide it's a good show or not, is always going to mean a lot to me. And I'm glad so far that you both seem to like it because King's is really important to me. Uh, so that's that's kind of my personal story with the show. And hopefully that wasn't too serious for our comedy podcast. Ronnie. Yeah. What's working for you, dude? Oh, a lot of things. A lot of things. Um, so, as we'll talk about, um, this is loosely based, or as we have talked about, this is loosely based on the book of Samuel 1 and 2. Um, I didn't, I, I definitely saw a lot of the biblical allegories. I didn't connect. Save that the, for Andy's Bible Yeah, oh, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. I'm so excited. Um, I didn't get there right away. Like connect the dots there right away. This show is so Shakespearean. This show is so theatrical that that's right. what I locked in on first. Like this is like Hamlet meets Julius Caesar, um, down to like the the grandiose way that they speak to each other. The very like it wouldn't work in any other context. Like if if these lines were written in any other show. It, like even Game of Thrones, where they, they they speak very grandiose, very very boldly, like this kind of writing would fall flat there. Um, it, it 
it all works so well together. Everyone speaks so uh, ab- above their class and, and so above everyone who they're talking to. And, and, and it just has that Shakespearean flow. I, I, I'll have to be paying more attention um, later in the series to see if they are literally speaking in iambic pentameter because it feels that Shakespearean. I love um, that it even has the two blue-collar like security guards yes, as like the common the, people, yes. just like a Shakespeare play. It, they, they are the clowns. That, that As soon as I saw those, I was like, oh, those are the clowns. This is Shakespeare. We are, we are watching Hamlet. Um, the brother-in-law is so Polonius from Hamlet. Like, literally the king's brother, like, who is just, like, a backstabbing guy who, like, hopefully eventually gets his due like Polonius does in Hamlet. Like, it's it's all so theatrical, so grand, and it it doesn't feel like, A, it doesn't feel like it's going over your head. Like, it, it, it is definitely treating the audience with respect, and it, it understands that the audience is intelligent enough to handle this kind of material. But it it doesn't, like... It doesn't think too highly of itself. It's also very self-aware in the fact that it's like bold. Like there's there's lines and moments where they like kind of pull themselves back to earth, and it's like oh they they get it. They understand like the world they're living in and the fact that they're a little bit eccentric, um, which is like contrasted with Daniel and his family, who are a little bit more of like the simpler folk. They're not the the king. They're not living in the palace kind of thing. And you know, even in another show that. You know, Daniel addressing the press and speaking very plainly and simply would kind of feel out of place and, and a huge contrast. And I do agree with you, Evan, that, that that his performance is some of the weakest in the series. But I think even still, it works so well because there is such contrast. Like, it is, it's not he's, like... He's meant to be very milquetoast yes. compared to, like, everybody else. Yes, very milquetoast, very simple, very country, like... It's not as if, like, everyone talks normal and he just talks like an idiot. No, like, everyone talks like they are way above their rank and, oh, we talk like this. And he just talks like a normal well, they don't, human being. They don't talk like Ronnie was just No, I mean, <laughs> they, they definitely do. Like, that, that, is, I, I, that wasn't even Ronnie. That was, I just cut a piece in from the show Kings. Um, but no, like, it, it, it really works well together, the way that they're doing it. Like I said, I love a political drama. I love an adaptation. And they are just, like, absolutely killing it. Um, when we have the clowns, um, the, the two guards outside the palace, all they're talking about is food and what is being served and what food is being served. And you know, you know I was like, yeah, we're going to get some food chat in Kings. I'm super into it. That breakfast scene, though? Yes. Yes, Ian McShane making eggs. I want I want to pay Ian McShane to make me eggs every morning for the rest of my life. Can That's... I plug your Instagram cooking videos here you and can. say that you're doing like a great job with them, Ronnie, and yeah, they crack me that. up so much? Thank you, thank you. Yeah, that, that, Is it Ron um, of the Mill? Ron of the Mill on Instagram, and also if you look on YouTube, I'm putting them up on YouTube uh, under Ron go. of the Mill as well. So thank, thanks for that plug. Yeah. The, the cinematography, if I can get some into like some of the technical stuff, like that cut at the very beginning from when Silas is giving this speech dedicating the city and says, you know, we are at a time of peace and, and you know, the, the shackles of war are behind us. And, and he gets very, like, grand about saying that, like, we are a peaceful country now and nothing can change that hard cut to the battlefield two years later when they are engaged in war. Like, it's just like... It's so, so well done. The cinematography is stunning. Like, the, the, the dialogue is, like, 
heady, but it is paired with uh, the Shepherd family, Daniel's family, and also the two clown characters that are throwing grenades to get rid of pigeons and and everything like that. And like the symbolism is so it like beats you over the head, but it works in line with everything that that is going on so far. Like, um, yeah, ever everything like. Uh, I, I could speak probably not quite as much about Sebastian Stan as Andy could, but Sebastian Stan in this performance, like I, this is, I, I love Sebastian Stan before this. And so when I was looking up, I didn't realize Sebastian Stan was in this until I was looking up like header images for the Facebook account. And I saw him and I said, Ooh, that's going to be fun. And now I'm like, Oh, this is, this is fantastic. He, his performance in this brings me to tears yeah. like every every time I've watched it. Oh, it is. I would I would like to point out that in another show, uh, the name of which escapes me, but I'm sure IMDb could tell you. In another show, he plays the exact same character, uh, and it was I'm pretty sure it was post Kings. He's the son of the president or a senator or some other uh, political figure who is gay and who is like in a sort of power struggle like emotionally with his father and like i was like they saw him in kings and they were like that's our guy we're just gonna have him do the exact same thing that's how perfect it was (laughs) Uh, yeah it's it's so well done i i am i'm so thankful for this being brought to me through this podcast um uh so that's that's i mean I, i could get granular about it but that that is my my uh waxing eloquent about how great this show is uh andy would you like to do um name that biblical allegory now in between our segments the the name of this segment is going to be andy's bible corner okay and there i have some theme music for it ready oh yeah sure do 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 andy's bible corner so um Wait, wait. Let's, just, get, let's get into the corner. Let's all let's yeah. all gather in. The let's corner. all gather into the corner. With I have a Bible. felt board with uh, some generic looking Middle Eastern people. Do you have gonna a be, flannelgram? Yeah, like this one's going to be Moses, but also God the Father when I need him to. And sure. this one's going to be David, but also like the Apostle Paul and maybe Young Jesus. And, sure, you know. sure. Everybody sit cross legged. Yep. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Let me let me do that. Is there going to be juice and crackers served? Uh, juice and goldfish, because Ooh. God calls us to be fishers of men. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Can you tell I grew up Baptist, everyone? <laughs> anyway, um, while watching it, I just wrote down every biblical illusion I caught. Uh, Goliath parts one and two were packed full of it. Uh, prosperity and first night, I felt like drifted away from really focusing on like heavy biblical illusion. But uh, I like that. I, I don't think they need to stick to it as tight. But um, here we go. So in the Bible, Saul does not wait for Samuel to do a sacrifice. He does the sacrifice himself. And then that's when God is like, ooh, I'm pulling the kingdom away from your bloodline. In Kings, Silas does not wait for Reverend Samuels to do the benediction at the... Uh, what was it? The dedication, the dedication ceremony. Ceremony, and um, that's when Samuel's is like, "Welp, God is going to pull the crown away from your bloodline." Uh, David Shepherd, Shepherd David was a shepherd in the Bible. That one's oh. yeah. Um, yes, I mean some of these are real on the nose. 
in the Bible, Samuel anoints David with oil, which like is a common thing for priests yeah. to do. In the show, it's literal car oil yep. because David was fixing his car. And I didn't even catch that till Ronnie that. right there was talking about, um, you know, David fixing the car and being perfect at it. And, like, I noticed that, like, you know, kind of Ash Wednesday style, Samuel's, like, yes. did the smudge. But I didn't realize, like, oh, shit, no, it's literal oil. Yeah. <laughs> Not just car gunk. No, it's, it, it's oil. It's, it's literal oil. It's that so was good. Cr- this show is so good, guys. I mean, uh, David in the Bible is bringing bread and like stuff to his brothers on the front lines. Uh, on the show, they reference David always brings his mom's brownies. His mom sends brownies. Um, also, uh, in the Bible, it's David, son of Jesse. Jesse is David's dad in the Bible. In the TV show, it's his mom. Uh, in the Bible, Goliath issues a challenge once a day to the Israelites. On the show, the tanks fire one round once a day to, like, brag about how badass their tanks are. Um, in the Bible, David takes off his armor to go fight Goliath. In the show, David takes off his, uh, like, bulletproof vest and helmet and stuff so that he can run. Um... David uses his blue-collar tools to defeat the giant. So David uses a sling, which was a tool for his shepherding work. In the show Kings, he uses a wrench that he ducks tapes a grenade to. Because he's a mechanic. Because he's a mechanic and not a shepherd. Um, Saul of the tribe of Benjamin. Saul's name in the show is Silas Benjamin. Um, Saul's pride is constantly contrasted with David's humility. So things with, like, Silas being mad that he wasn't the first to stand up from the table, whereas David is, like, consistently humble to the point where it's, like, almost annoying, but he's so charming, it's okay. Uh, David, it's mentioned he had mono as a kid, and I just wrote down that he's such a slut, uh, slash getting the number of, like, the girl at the bar, like, King David in the Bible is boning everyone. Uh, So in the show, I feel like they're trying to drive home that he's a bit of a ladies man even though he's like embarrassed about it um and still like kind of humble david's musical talent in the bible it's a harp on the show it's piano piano is a sideways harp asking for (laughs) asking for half my sorry asking for half my kingdom is just like a thing in the bible like kings just say that like i'll give you anything up to half my kingdom uh silas says it um David marries Saul's daughter in the Bible. Uh, in the show, David is trying to date Silas's daughter, although they left out the foreskin part. Um, read the Bible. There's a lot of foreskins. <laughs> um, That's on the back cover if you, if you look at it. Abner as Saul's right-hand general. That's just – Abner is just a character from the Bible. Um, so, like, there's this weird thing in the Bible about how, like, if you marry – like foreign or ungodly women, they'll be your downfall. And I really feel like the show is setting up uh, Silas's wife and her brother as being Silas's downfall. And so I just kind of have a general note there. It, it hasn't directly been like a biblical thing, but I think it will be. Um, Silas jacking David up against the wall and yelling at him is very reminiscent of Saul throwing a spear at David in the Bible. 
Samuel's revoking Silas's blessing and referring to David as a man after God's own heart. Uh, that straight up is from the Bible. David's blood speech reflects all of his poetry. So David in the Bible writes a lot of poetry. And his speech where he's holding up like the blanket covered in blood was very poetic. Um, Amner saying David lost his mind um, while talking to Gath. Uh, David does that in the Philistines. He pretends to lose his mind to make an alliance with the Philistines while Silas is trying to kill him. So, or not Silas, while Saul is trying to kill him. So I feel like the show might kind of go there, which would be cool. They were also uh, talking about possibly, like, taking David out this whole time. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Episode three is when they're really trying to assassinate David, and I just, like, straight up have, like, Abner trying to kill David with Silas is just straight up from the Bible. Saul in the Bible tries to kill David, like, a gazillion times. And they're still buddies for a lot of it, which is weird. David does not have a good sense of, like, self, I think, maybe. Self-preservation. Yeah. Um, that's all I have from episode three. And then episode four, Silas is thousands, David is one hundred thousands, is a straight-up quote from the Bible about David and Saul. So that was cool. David's star is shining bright. You know, the star of David, that's like a thing. And then um, David and Jonathan being best bros versus Jack and David kind of being frenemies is uh, interesting. And I wish that, like, the show kind of fleshed out their relationship more, like their friendship. But it's only episode four, and hopefully it'll happen. I want them to date. I mean, there's when David in the Bible finds out that Jonathan dies, he says, uh, I've never felt the love. I have for Jonathan with a woman. Like, like the love I have for Jonathan is so much more than the love I felt for a woman. So, yeah, it'd be cool they, if the show had them date. They are they are a famous Bible gay couple. We'll see if the show goes there. I doubt it will, but it'd be cool. Y'all, I love an adaptation. This is, yeah. this is amazing. Like, I don't know how I didn't catch on to literally all of this and how it didn't, like, beat me over the head, but that's, like, the sign of a good adaptation is that, like, all these things can sneak into the work, and if you don't have that full knowledge of it, it doesn't ruin it for you. Like it's not like oh, you only get it if you understand the entire book of Samuel. Like, like I, I don't think you need to have ever read First and Second Samuel to watch no. this show and love it. And I think if you do read First and Second Samuel and then watch this show, you just get a little bit of a of a jolly out of exactly. seeing some of the stuff they've done. Ninety-five percent really, of ninety-five. It's really clever writing. 95% of what you just said, I have no, I, I did not pick up on at all. Like, I have the, like, the basic understanding of it, but I didn't pick up on it at all. And, like, like I said, this has been one of my favorite shows ever. So, like, it, it, it's so, so well done. And, like, even though I used to be a pastor, and even though I have, like, a rather extensive biblical knowledge, I, I guarantee you there's stuff that I didn't catch. Like, I guarantee, it's just written so well that I'm sure there's stuff I didn't pick up on. Yeah, well, thank you, thank you for that that new segment, Andy. That was that was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, look forward to that in future weeks. Um, so now uh, let's uh, let's launch into a segment that I think will probably be pretty short, based on uh, based on what we've all uh, talked about so far. Is uh, uh, let's start with Evan. Evan, what didn't work for you about these four episodes of Kings? Um. My biggest complaint is that, uh, like I mentioned, I think the actor playing uh, David is not stellar. 
Uh, I know that there is uh, a certain deliberateness to him being like sort of simple and pure and just a good country boy who's trying to do his best. Uh, but I think there is, I, I mean, I think it can be played better than what he's, than what that actor's given us. Uh, there's certainly, there's certainly a sort of like poeticism in that. And I just, I don't think he's quite, I don't think he's quite nailing it. Uh, I mean, that's a minor complaint. It certainly doesn't like, it doesn't bring the show down overall. It's just contrasted against uh, Ian McShane and Sebastian Stan and the um, the actress whose name escapes me, who plays uh, Silas's wife. Um, wrote, the the character's name's Rose. Green Arrow's mom. Yeah, she's she's also excellent and and very like chilly and affecting and. Susanna Thompson. Okay, Susanna Thompson. She does a stellar job. Um, so yeah, the with Christopher Egan is the guy who plays David, and um, he he certainly had a tough act to follow. But um, I do think he's he's the weakest link as far as as far as the acting. Um, Other than that, I don't know that I have a lot of complaints, really. Let me... I, I think I had another little one. Um, no, I don't... I, if I had, it's, it's escaped me. So It's a good um, show. Like, it, like, it's a re- like, it's a really good show. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a possibility that... Uh, Ronnie, I know you didn't pick up on a lot of the specific biblical refer- references, but you mm-hmm. were, uh, you were like raised Christian. So you, you sort Generally. of get the angle yeah. uh, oh, about absolutely. which this is an adaptive work. So I guess my only other complaint would be that if you weren't raised Christian, um, or Jewish or Jewish, uh, you might like not miss what's going on plot wise, but you just might not have as much of a reaction to some of the, the biblical undertones, the sort of fantastical undertones that are in this show, it might fall flat for you in that regard. Yeah. Um, I mean, but, I, I think, Evan, you and I have a similar upbringing in the sense that we are both raised Catholic, correct? Yep. And so, like, the one thing that definitely stood out to me was that David was taking on Goliath, because I don't know about your churches that you attended or your CCD that you attended, but we Catholic focus very much on the big stories on the mm-hmm. Daniel and the lions on the David and Goliath on the on the you know those big mo- Samson and, and Delilah those big mm-hmm. moments in the Bible those stories not a lot of Othniel's no in there. no oh, not bummer not, Othniel's great not a lot of Job not a lot of Esther not a lot of Ruth not a lot of like the, the <laughs> <Job's- nitty-gritty laughs> stuff. Ruth has Job. a book named after her so does Job come I on know, Catholic. okay but, but Job Job is a little bit hard to distill for tiny children sure sure so they give you like you know they give you uh, Job a- had a bad day <laughs> <laughs> yeah they they leave out all of the real like you know the foreskins and stuff when sure. they because they yeah. when you're catholic they they just ingrain this all in you as a child right. and then sort of trust you to coast from there yes yes so. oh, evan, <laughs> evan we should talk about about faith and, and catholicism sometime we, we'd have a lot to, lot to discuss um but yeah so like I, I i definitely missed a lot of what andy was talking about and you know those big moments hit me but that's why i went in, in a totally shakespearean direction because i didn't yeah. 
I didn't see these Bible allegories. So I definitely think that maybe as the show goes on, we could we could bump up against things where it's like, if you don't have an understanding of, of the Bible, maybe this is a little bit more muddy for you. But at this point, I'm I'm keeping pace and I'm enjoying it. Um, yeah, I think I'm somewhere between like where you are and where Andy is. Because I definitely, I went to Catholic school, like from kindergarten all the way through the end of high school. And so we had like, Bible studies, like classes, like Old Testament studies when I was a teenager. So it, it's not fresh in my mind, but we definitely, as young adults, like learned more about the 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 Bible heroes stories. But um, yeah, that's that's not even. I don't know that that's a complaint, but you know, maybe if you're if you're not. Uh, of a Judeo-Christian faith, you might miss some bits, but sure. Yeah. All right, passing it off, Andy. Yeah. Uh, was there anything that wasn't working for you? Um, no, not really. Uh, I I wish. Um, I I feel like the show really has focused on like David as the poet, and not so much as David as the warrior. And uh, David in the Bible is, like, this really weird character in that he's, like, this ungodly skilled warrior, like, you know, Ezio from Assassin's Creed. Like, he's fighting armies by himself. Like, he has this amazing unnatural skill, but then he also has, like, this beautiful heart of a poet. And I feel like the show hasn't quite shown David as, like, that juxtaposition of the two things. Um, but that's okay. Like it, it still works great for this adaptation. Um, I think he might've been more dynamic if he was a little bit more like a little bit more militaristic. Like he's, yeah. he's in the army, but he's, he's sort of, he's sort of, is just being swept along by the current in his role in as he's, a soldier. He's got big eyes and doesn't know uh-huh. quite what's happening. And, uh, like, I, I guess it's working for the show, but, um, I would have I would have preferred David to be, you know, the the perfect dichotomy of both. Um, but it's still working. It's still great. Such a minor complaint, and that's pretty much all I got. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. What's not working for you? Um, nothing major. Um, it makes a lot more sense now that I, you know, that now that you've explained a lot about David and a lot about like who he's meant to be. He's literally meant to be the man after God's own heart. Uh, that we hear about so often. Um, when I'm watching this just without that context, um, it definitely seems like David is just like a perfect character. Um, like he he's definitely like rough around the edges and, and a little bit simple compared to the, the grand people that are in the palace. But when he can fix a car immediately, you know, without, without much trouble, when he is a, a fantastic warrior, when he is he can play classical piano music like beautifully. Like there was a point where I was like, okay, so this is just like it. it, And I, and I hate this. I mean, I don't know. I I don't like when this term is used in, in on the contrast, but it almost feels like a, like a male Mary Sue. Like he's just great at everything he does. Marty, Marty Stew. A Marty Stew. Yeah. He he just like whatever he attempts, like he's great. Like he's great with women. He's great. You know, it with, he he eventually, he causes the peace and stuff like that. And it makes a lot of sense in the allegory, but I felt like at the time it was like, okay, so there's nothing this, this guy can't do. Um, 
So one of the other issues that I had was that it's there. There is some. It. it I guess it's my issue is it's not super diverse as far as casting goes. Um, there it, it's two thousand nine diverse, I guess. Um, but it's not. You know, he has this huge council of people that I really, I really liked. Like the idea that like a ruler, a king would sit and like take input from so many different people and use that to make his decisions. But for the most part, it's just a lot of white old dudes. Um, what I mean, we're creating a new world here. I would have liked to see a little bit more diversity there. Um, and, and yeah, the, I mean, the only other complaint I have is that even though this is very referential unto the Bible, um, there's a lot of things that are going on that seem very referential to today. Like rulers just doing whatever they want and having, you know, newspaper stories killed because they have the power to do so. And, uh, you know, disagreeing with the faith that, that people, um, kind of, you know, disagreeing with the way that faith should work. And so they create kind of their own faith and decide what people should, should be faithful about and what, what should matter to the, to people who, who have faith. Um, it, it just felt very like, oh, I could see all of this. Oh, you're killing. There's scenes where like, he's randomly like, oh, take that person out. And then we see a news story later where it's like, oh, and this ruler, this leader, died suddenly of a heart attack and, and he's very sad and like it's, it's very underscored but like boy lots of parallels it's a little current a little current for me and that's not a negative necessarily it just hits a little close to home right now yeah one of one of my like favorite little little teeny detail tidbits is that um everything that silas does he is narrating to like um to like uh an assistant or something someone who's taking dictation and so every time silas does something important he then turns to his uh his scribe and he explains how he wants that written down yeah and that so like that's what i mean about like i genuinely believe he's playing this character where i genuinely believe that like he wants what's in his, the best interests of his people and he cares about his children and uh, but yet he's he's an incredibly um he's got an incredible ego and he's very manipulative and he's he's very tightly controlling uh the portrayal of himself right in a, the it, in the media he's like re, it's revisionist history as history is happening yeah um, i i do wish that we had more of samuels on the show, like every scene he's in is great. Yeah. But he is the author. You know, at the end of the day, it's not the scribe that uh, Silas has. It's going to be Samuel's retelling that history remembers. Which makes sense uh, that we see all these things happening and, and hear that revision and not just, you know, we have just his history, not just Silas's yeah. version of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's so cool. The difference about like Silas and any other leader who is basically like faux authoritarian is that like i'm rooting for silas like he's just like it credits ian mcshane and his portrayal of this character he is so charming and so just like emboldening and so like it makes me feel powerful just like listening to him and it's like that's maybe maybe not a great quality of leader for us the people but as far as leaders go like he's He's nailing it, and I am, think, I am think, buying what he's selling. 
Thank God he's not actually in charge. Ah, uh, no. Thank God Ian McShane, I mean, I, I would like to think that Ian McShane, uh, even though he has total control of everyone's emotions and could manipulate anyone into doing anything he wanted, I still think he would be doing a better job. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, Ian McShane could very easily rule the world. If he turned yeah. his attention to politics, uh, we would we would all be doomed to his reign. Silas Benevolent kinda, or, or otherwise. <laughs> Silas has kind of this weird thing where he kind of plays up like a man of the people like this blue collar thing yeah when he's when he's like around just like a small group of people or maybe when he's in like public and wants to seem of the people but then the second you cross him or the second you don't show him the respect he feels he deserves he goes into like full king mode yeah and like it's scary yeah like when that dude stood up before him at the table like that was scary yeah. Or when he jacks David up against the wall, like that was really intense. There's even the the idea that like this is a very militaristic era. And and that yeah. is I guess similar to to the time of of Saul and of David. Um and everyone you see, everyone is wearing their military garb. Like, you know, um who is it? Abner, uh he's he's constantly in his military garb. David is always in his military outfit for the most part. And we know that Silas is a military hero or, or you know, a, a legendary person on the battlefield, but he wears a suit. You know, he, 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 he wears, like, the, the clothes of not maybe not the common man, but, but a civilian. And, and he, you know, he, he, that's how he composes himself when he could probably wear the same, if not greater, medals and, and stars as Abner does. And so, you know, it, it definitely feels like he's trying to reach out to people that are not of that militaristic nation, uh, nature. What I love too is his relationship with his faith, where he, he, he paints himself as a very faithful man, and he's constantly talking about his faith. But at the same time, he like he does feel like God owes him, and he does like try to bargain with God and stuff like that. And if he just listens to Samuels, like if he just listened to his actual spiritual advisor... Uh, things would probably go a lot better for him, but because he he feels he knows better and he feels he's entitled, uh, it, it seems like things aren't working out for him super great. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Thank you, guys. Thank you for this show. Yeah. Thank you for this gift you've given me today. I'm so happy you both like it because, like, it obviously the show means a lot to me, and I was worried that we'd like watch it and see all these flaws in it but no it holds up and that makes me happy yeah i mean we'll see how it goes further we've got lots yeah. of episodes to go it's very um, true but yeah for, for for the most part for me clearly it is working um so so thank you for that um any housekeeping and, um we don't have any let me double check on itunes reviews i don't believe that we have any um sir if you're listening i hope you're not upset with me i love you i'm sorry you you got a lot of a lot of uh, <laughs> you got to wash his armor like yeah. every day for the next couple of weeks in order to make that up to certainty. He should be like David and not wear any armor into battle. The fact like it's there's so many things like that where it's like, how did I not pick up on that? And oh my goodness, it's like crazy that it doesn't beat you over the head. Like it's not, I don't know. Um, no new iTunes reviews, but we do have the results of a contest on our Facebook page. Ooh, did um, I win? Well, we are currently locked in a dead heat between 
Evan and Andy. Mm-hmm. A, oh, wow. A, it is a tie. This is um, going to define our relationship. Two rad badass lesbians and Amir was right and there are consequences are deadlocked on the Facebook I, page. I voted for you. Oh, yeah. thanks, babe. Yeah, I did think yours was better. <laughs> Mine just had the better name. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm pretty convinced that people are voting for yours because nobody can resist voting for something called Two Rad Badass Lesbians. I mean, that's marketing. We talked yeah. about that earlier, Evan. That's mm-hmm. marketing. That's just the way and it goes. Yeah, if, if, I, if, I, if there was a show called Two Rad Badass Lesbians, you, you bet your ass I would watch it. I don't care what it's about, but I'll mm-hmm. click that that title on netflix and ronald i did think yours was very good as well i love the time hopping aspect of it yeah. i think all three of us had really great suggestions yeah i would agree that was, I, did, was... I didn't get I, I didn't get the votes that it deserved i think but yeah. that's going to be made up by the fact when i literally write this season for fox and we reboot terra nova um <laughs> with my with my new idea and i make millions of dollars so don't there worry about go. it i'll be fine so we had a couple plugs um i'll I'll recant just those plugs um my youtube channel is ron of the mill i do some cooking stuff and i've got a couple more videos coming that i'm really excited about uh you can also follow that on instagram ron of the mill um also this is a, a plug that's like totally out outside of like anything we're doing um there's a new show on nbc that is coming out if you're listening to this uh on wednesday it came out last night um it is called rise um, it is based on uh, my high school, the high school that I attended, and the theater program that I was a part of. Um, is there a character based on you? No, there's not. No, oh, it, they, they started kind of. It's based on a book called Drama High, and they kind of started writing the book just like a couple years after I left. Um, but the program is is still a lot like it it was at the time, and and uh, a lot of the people that I'm I'm very close with are there are people based on them in the in the uh, in the new show, and uh, they're. It's 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 almost like Glee, where they are recording tracks for each episode, um, new songs, but it's not Glee where it's like, hey guys, we're gonna stop everything and have a concert. Like it's it, it works within it. I got to see an advanced screening um, a couple days ago, and it's really good. Like it's 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 I'm, that's I'm really crazy. Excited. That's awesome. Yeah. You're basically famous. I know, I know. Uh, the the director, my director, Lou Volpe, um, was such an inspiration to me, and to see him portrayed, it's Josh Radner uh, from How I Met Your Mother gets to play him. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, and and it's just great. It's on. It's on. Um, it's going to be on NBC Tuesdays at nine o'clock. Um, music. It's they're doing Spring Awakening on the show, which is a show that that Truman actually piloted we did the the first high school version of that which is super cool um to see it see that that part of of truman history kind of portrayed on uh, on tv so so yeah check that out i'm i'm really hoping if it only lasts a season we'll be very kind to it on our podcast if it only lasts a season i will be i I will have to quit this podcast because as much as i want to talk about it all the time i cannot i would not be able to deal with (laughs) with that dismay and that disappointment Um, But uh, more more relative to things uh, ending pending based, um, remember that we are still trying to get a hundred Facebook likes um, in order to do our Smallville drunk drunk Smallville um, just discussion with uh, with with drunk drunk Andy. I will go into excruciating detail into all ten seasons of Smallville. It's going to be. 
a wild ride. Also, we have 98 likes but 99 follows, so whoever the fuck is just following our <laughs> Facebook page but hasn't liked it, what are you what are you doing? What are you yeah. That's so weird. That's, that's just like it. Yeah. Like following I, it is a bigger commitment than liking it. Right. You can like it and not follow it. Why are you following it but you haven't liked it? It seems like a statement. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. It's bizarre. Like, it's yeah, so strange. Uh, very weird. Uh, but I anyway, see what you're up to. But we're knocking like on the door. <laughs> we we set up a very a very low bar for you guys to get in on. So yeah, hit, get, once we hit 100 likes, just just two will. more likes, and like maybe if that weirdo will like it because they're already following it, then just one more like. Yeah. It's that person from like your hometown who grudgingly admitted that it was a good podcast. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> That that is our show for this week. As always, you can follow us on Facebook. If you want to like us on Facebook, it is at PendingPod on Facebook, facebook.com slash PendingPod. Um, we are on Instagram, uh, at EndingPending. We're on Twitter, at PendingPod. You can send us an email. We are at PendingPod at gmail.com. Send us an email, guys. We would please love do. to hear from you about Certainly, whatever. please send us an email to let us know that you're still you're still hanging with us after Andy's <laughs> uh, debacle of a, of a shaming of you oh, last week. Oh, man. I'm sorry, bud. I got heated. Ronnie should have edited it out. I yeah. should have edited it <laughs> It's really it Ronnie's out. fault. You, Although you, said you verbally it. abused Ronnie last time, Ronnie edited out your, your rantings and ravings. <laughs> yeah. So. But he should have just edited that out, too. Like, don't you, listen to me. You, we're going to get a little nitty-gritty here. If, if you guys keep referencing things throughout the episode, that means I can't edit it out of the episode. And we kept talking about it over and over again. Oh, man. Okay. Um, That's fair. Yeah. Look, we're learning. We're learning we're about learning. how podcasts are made. Yeah. Um. So this show had a lot to do with like butterflies and a lot of butterfly imagery. Yeah. Do you think maybe we can do a show about a different uh, bug, like a like a ladybug like, or Whip scorpions or a firefly? Oh no. Oh no. I mean, we could do a show about a lightning bug. I think, but uh, yeah, lightning but bug. I got bad news because because we're never doing firefly. <laughs> 